Thanks for checking out Rock Urban Podcast. We believe that God is on the move and that he uses the power of his word through preaching to speak life. We hope you're encouraged today by the message of Pastor Gary Peterson. My wife and I went to a Christian bookstore about six weeks ago looking for some materials to use for our Bible studies and personal time with staff. I wanted to start something every day where the staff would spend a half an hour alone in their office studying, and then we would come together and talk about what we learned. And so we picked up a book and started browsing through it and thought, oh, this is a great book. And we'd already been reading the book If by Mark Batterson, which is, is that right? Yeah, If, which is ridiculously powerful. I highly recommend but then we picked up this book called The Grave Robbers, and <clears throat> when we picked it up, we thought it would be awesome because it talks about how Jesus can make your impossible become possible, how your dreams can be answered, and, and God can actually perform a miracle for you. So we excitedly got the book and took it home, and I started reading through the first chapter, and I said to myself, well, this just isn't as good as the if book. I like the if book better. And I got a, chap, a chapter into it, and I realized, no, this is exactly what you wanted us to get, God, because you want us to experience miracles. And we just assume that God is no longer in the miracle-working business, which is not true. God is constantly working miracles all around us. You're a miracle. It's a miracle that you're alive today. When you stop and think about it, it's a miracle that your heart just keeps beating every day. That machine has been going in my life for 65 years, still ticking away. And one day it could just suddenly stop. Every breath, every minute of life is a miracle. And it's powerful if you think about it. It is a miracle that you're here today. It's a miracle that God had this divine appointment with you and said, you need to go to Rock Church this day because you need hope. And I was, I was sitting with the staff and I said, I need to pre preach a message this Sunday about hope. And God instantly gave this to me. He said, helping other people escape. God wants to help other people escape things that have gripped them for too long loneliness and fear and bitterness and anger and deep-seated hurt because hurt people hurt people and misunderstandings about the past and family issues and all kinds of things. And so as we got into the book, we realized that he talks about so many ridiculous miracles and then he talks about fasting and so we decided to fast some for our miracles you are in the room today, and everyone in this room, like me, needs a miracle. You just haven't stopped long enough to think about it. And then when you, once you realize yourself that God has a plan for my life, he cares about me, he's interested in me, and he wants to work in me, you can help others. Yes. You can help other people escape. Escape what? Escape fear. Escape physical issues. 
Yes, in the book, and I won't illustrate that this morning later on because I should later on, but it's, he talks about being at a meeting in Ethiopia where there are miracles happening in the meeting and a young boy comes forward that has never had any fingers on his hand. And he came believing that God was going to heal them and had, had prayer over this young man and they heard a popping sound when one by one fingers came out of his hand that never existed. We say, no, God can't do that. That's crazy, Pastor. Now you're getting into charismatic stuff that God can't do. I just think this. God is really good at surprising us as to what he can do and wants to do if you only believe. Oh, yeah. God is supernatural. He wants to do things that you cannot imagine. There are 34 various miracles in the Gospels. And in John's gospel in particular, which is what I'm going to talk on really quick today, because the show ain't over. It's not over. God has some plans this morning. We pray with our eyes open, God, that your Holy Spirit would just fill this house with your glory. Fill this place with your power, because someone is in the room, Lord, who doesn't believe, who thinks we're crazy, who thinks we're off the charts over the edge, loony. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what it means to believe that Jesus has the power to do anything, then so be it. Yes, correct? Batterson is responsible for everything that I say today. I will take no credit because somebody's waiting out there to say, yes, he just quoted everything that's in the book. I was just going to pick quotes, but I, the whole book is amazing. So I thought, I only have this little bit of time this morning to pass on to you that you can have a miracle. So everything I say comes out of the book. I had to capsulize it. The first thing that he says is, he makes it very clear to all of the readers of the book that if you follow Jesus long enough and far enough, you will eventually find yourself right in the middle of some miracles. Oh, come on now. There are miracles in the room. There are all kinds of miracles all around us. And as Henry Blackaby says in Experiencing God, you just need to join God in what he's already doing. He is a miracle worker. If you follow him long enough and far enough, you're going to find yourself right in the middle of miracles. You see... Everybody wants a miracle, is what he goes on to say. But no one wants to be in a situation where they need one. Oh, God, just make, we're just praying right now that you'll take this sickness away from me. And God, we're just praying right now that you'll just give us kids so we don't have to belabor this any longer. And God, we'll just, I'm just praying right now that you'll lead me to the right person for, to spend my life with. And, and God, I just, I, I found out that I have cancer and I'm just asking you to deliver me from that right now. And he wants you to know that in the middle of everything that's going on, you're experiencing miracles. The prerequisite for a miracle is simply this. It's a problem or a need. And the greater the problem or need, the greater the potential miracle. That's exciting, isn't it? God, I want to have a miracle in my life. You're asking for trouble. You are smoothly sailing along, and all of a sudden you realize, I'd like to experience a miracle, Pastor, but you just don't know what you just asked for. 
The problem is not that we're not surrounded by miracles. The problem is that we've not learned how to look for them. You're not even looking. There are miracles everywhere, and you have not learned how to identify what a miracle is. He shares an illustration. Christopher Chabris and Daniel Simons conducted an experiment at Harvard University more than a decade ago that became infamous in, in psychology circles. Two researchers filmed students passing basketballs among themselves, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a woman dressed as a gorilla steps into the middle of the circle where they're passing the basketballs because he said, you watch the team with the white t-shirts pass the basketball. They didn't even notice the gorilla that had entered the circle. I have the little video illustration of it right here. This is a test of selective attention. Count how many times the players wearing white pass the basketball. How many passes did you count? Got an answer? The correct answer is 15 passes. How many had but it? Did you see the gorilla? Now I warned you ahead of time, so you obviously saw the gorilla, correct? A little bit odd. Had a real gorilla stepped in there, I'm sure more people would have noticed that. <laughs> right? All right, so we got it. We got that. He calls this inattentional blindness. You didn't mean to be blind to this. You were just so busy doing whatever it is that you do that you didn't even see it. Inattentional blindness is the failure to notice something in your field of vision because you're focused on something else. You are focused on something else today. There are miracles happening all around us aren't there? You didn't realize that you were to have a car accident this week, but God sent angels around your vehicle that just protected you. You didn't realize you were walking down the street and you were about to fall into a deep crack in the sidewalk and fall and break your leg, but God says, no, I got angels watching over you. You didn't realize that you couldn't have paid that bill unless God had supernaturally stepped in and done this. You didn't realize what sickness was coming to your life that God stopped ahead of time, and you don't realize this right now if you're not careful that you are in the middle of a desperate need for a miracle, and that's a blessing from God. He actually gave that to you so you would need a miracle. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have done, and they will do even greater things than these. I've often wondered what that actually meant when Jesus said it. Whoever believes in me will see the works that I am doing here on the earth, but will actually do things that are greater than what I've already done. Don't you want to do that? 
Oh, yeah, Pastor, I'd like to do that. Maybe when it comes to, I'd like to win the lottery. And, and I'd like to go on the TV show that says how I bought my home with my lottery spending. And I would like to be able to buy a big yacht and sail away from my job that I just hate. And, and what you don't realize is that in the middle of that all, all of that, you don't have cancer. They're not dying. Your kids actually love you. Your wife is still with you. Your husband's still with you. You still have a job. You have food on your table. You're going home to dinner today. You are blessed to be alive and sitting in the house of God this morning. Yes, you are blessed. See, did you know that almost every single miracle recorded in the Bible and every single miracle that takes place in life has a certain human element to it? Let's just take Naaman in the Bible, for example. Naaman wanted to be healed of his leprous body. And he was told by the prophet to go down to the river and wash, not one time, but seven times. Well, this is absolutely ridiculous. But God wants us to understand this by the example of Naaman, that until you do what God tells you to do, you can't have healing. Until you're willing to obey God and realize I have a serious need, God, and I've been chosen by you so that I will see how I'll respond to this situation until you understand and realize that you can't experience a miracle. No, because he says through the entire book, you can't expect the supernatural when you won't do the natural. Oh, yeah, come on now. You can't expect the supernatural to take place in your life when you're not even willing to do the natural thing that he's asking you to do, whatever that is. Mark Batterson says that it's like a fence between the natural and the supernatural. And he states that no one, no human being can dig underneath it, climb over it, or walk around it. But God has a gate through the fence to the supernatural, and his name is Jesus. See, Jesus is good at tearing apart the walls that Satan has placed there. Jesus is excellent at making a gate. When he died, he said it is finished, and there was a massive tear that took place in the temple. The veil was split in two, so now you could walk right into the presence of God. And God, you are in the house this morning. You were in the house. Jesus is alive. Jesus is in the house. We are not here to play church today. We are here because God has made a way. God has made a powerful way for us. Batterson says this, if you follow Jesus long enough and far enough, you'll eventually trespass into the impossible. You'll turn water into wine, feed 5,000 with two fishes and five small loaves, and walk on water. If you believe what Jesus said, you'll do what Jesus did. Now, I would guarantee you that most of the churches in our city would say, this is messed up, pastor. You can't walk on water. You're going to sink. You're going to fall right down and drown. And I'm probably not going to go out and take a boat into Lake Michigan today and say, I don't buy it. I'm just going to get out of this boat, and I'm going to walk on water. Now, the reason why you're not seeing those kind of miracles is because we don't even believe God for the simplest things. 
We don't even see the miracle that God gave us food today on our table. That there's a drinking fountain out in the hallway that has clean water that we get to drink. We don't, we don't need God. We have it all at our fingertips. Why, why humble ourselves before God when it's all right there? And so God says, yeah, I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to give you the need for a miracle. Only God can do certain things. He does it through Jesus, who is the fence. But Batterson says there are going to be tripwires along the way. There are going to be things that are going to trip us off. There's enough of them up here. I'm getting old, losing my sight, and my wife thinks sometimes my sanity. <clears throat> we were at Steak Shake last night, and we had Caleb Denhoff with us and Josiah. And I had, I, all I had yesterday was a bowl of cereal in the morning and a little piece of sausage at lunch with a little tiny bit of baked beans. That's a recipe for disaster in itself. But <laughs> that's all I had. So we went to Steak and Shake to eat. And, um, and we had coupons too because we're coupon people. Aren't you coupon people? Or great coupon people. And, you know. <clears throat> so we get there and, 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 and I'm thinking to myself, wow, I don't need this food. This is not going to be good for me. This is probably what kept me up last night, honey. Yes, yes, seriously. And I see an entire family come in together, uh, a whole family with some little kids, and I hear them talking like they had never been to Steak and Shake before, and I'm thinking, it was a celebration for them. And I thought, wow, they probably don't have much money. And I said to Becky, where's the rest of our coupon, coupons? And you might call them coupons. I call them coupons. So I just went over and said, hey, I want to bless you with these, these coupons. He said, oh, that's so nice. Do you know how blessed we are just to have food? Do you know how blessed you are to have experienced so much in life already that other people didn't get to experience? There's no steak and shake in Vietnam or in Uganda or those parts of the earth. We are so blessed that we're taking all these miracles for granted all the time. And he says, you know, when you're looking for a miracle because somebody in the house this morning needs a real miracle, a walk on the water miracle, and there are tripwires, and he says there are subliminal skepticism, which is a predisposed prejudice by past experience. Well, it hasn't worked in the past. Why should it work now? I mean, it's not working for other people. Why, why, why would I even want you know, You know how scary it is? I wanted my daughter to come so bad today, my daughter Danielle. And I invited her and invited her again. She's been really sick this week. And it's the enemy that does not want her here. She had a totally changed week last week. And she was great all week long with her physical issues. And Sunday, Easter dinner at our house, she was there and said, you know, it's like, oh, she was so happy. She was a different girl. She came to church. She felt loved. And by the end of the night, Easter Sunday night, she said, I feel so sick. I think this medicine is, is adversely affecting me. And I just don't know if I could take this. And I said, Danielle, this is the best I've seen you forever. Stick with it. I know I'm jumping ahead, but I got to say it now or I won't, might not get to it because I have 10,000 pages of notes and you're already concerned that I'm going too long and it's going to be a three-hour long service and people are sweating and, what, and I'm sweating because I can't find what I wanted to say. Um, this is what I wanted to say. He writes in the book, you got to get this. You, you have to want something 
more than the pain that's going to be inflicted upon you in the process of trying to attain it. If you didn't get anything else this morning, get this. You have to want something so bad that you are willing to go through the pain that you experience while you're praying that you'll get this miracle. Am I right there? You know what I'm talking about? There are tripwires in life that come, skepticism and all kinds of things. If you want to be healed today, you have to want it so bad that you will not let go. You want healing. Okay, let me just ask a question right now. We'll get to this in a few moments. How many of you have something you know, absolutely know that you must, you need a miracle for? Raise your hand. A miracle. It'll take a miracle for this to happen. Raise your hand. Let me look again. Let me take these off. I know you. I know the people in this church. You can put them down. I know you. We love each other here. Yes, we do. But the fact of the matter is, at Rock Church, we have a lot of people who need a miracle. And God is amazing at providing them. Why are we singing the songs if we don't believe this? The, the enemy wants you to think, it hasn't happened in the past. It can't possibly happen with me. Why would I expect this to happen when nobody else is getting it? Because God is God, and you are you. And you want it more than the other people wanted it. And you are not going to be satisfied until you get it. Even if it's painful getting there, you're going to hang on. Are you going to hang on? You're going to hang on to God. How many have your miracle is that a loved one of yours, you want them to come to Christ in salvation? That's, raise your hand. You want them to be saved. You're not going to give up. Okay? How many of you have a physical need that is like my daughter's, that is great, you must have a miracle for. Raise your hand. All over the room. Yes, 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 yes. I believe in miracles. I remember I grew up in the Baptist church, and this is, they said, I, I thought of this this week. We sang this song in our church. Creation shows the power of God. There's glory all around. And those who see must stand in awe, for miracles abound. Remember that? I believe in miracles. I've seen a soul set free. Miraculous, the power of God, redeemed through Calvary, right? I've seen the lily push its way up through the stubborn sod. I believe in miracles because I believe in God. Woo! That, now all I only have left is to cry. And I will complete whatever the Duffies call it. <laughs> the trifecta. This is going to be a little bit messed up here. I'm going to say this while I'm on this page here. Researchers found this out when they did a study. They came together to study the health system and how things could change. And this is what they found out. That certain things... Five things cause 80% of our health issues. You already know what they are. Too much eating, one. Too much drinking of alcohol, two. Too much smoking, three. Too much stress, four. And not getting enough exercise, number five. We're faced with those all day long. We know they're true. And yet we don't understand that by doing this, I'm actually shortening my life. Yeah. 
I'm actually asking for my life to be shorter. And what further goes beyond that that my wife and I have found out? Directly related to most cancer is something inside that has really hurt you, that you've struggled with. Right, honey? Bitterness. Whew. Come on, come on, come on, wait, wait. Who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to let go? If you are still bitter toward God because of something that he did or didn't do, you got to give it up. Give it up and live. Right, amen? Give it up and live. Live. God knows. God hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. He has not forsaken you. I look at myself preaching online, and I think, you are so messed up looking. You, 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 just, you sound so messed up, but I don't even care. This is a fact. This is a fact. God is so powerful. He just literally wants to work miracles today. He wants us to be free. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have life abundantly. John's gospel has seven miracles in it. I got to quickly go through these. Number one was the miracle at Canaan where he turned the water into wine, John 2. Number two was healing of the nobleman's son from a long distance, revealing the lordship over latitude and longitude. God can heal from long distance while you're still praying. Number three, healing of the lame man by the pool of Bethesda who was there 38 years. Number four, Feeding of the 5,000. Actually, they say it was more like 20,000. Number five, walking on the water in John chapter five. Six, healing of the blind man's eyes, John chapter nine. Seven, raising Lazarus from the dead. I gotta move quickly because there's a lot more in the service that's gonna take place in just a few moments. When a person's mind is stretched by a new idea, someone, Oliver Wendell Holmes actually said this, it never returns to its original dimensions. When a person's mind is stretched where it hasn't be, been before, it never goes back. It's a lot like your stomach. You getting this? You stretch it, and it never goes back. It always wants that much. Here's, my, here's Gary Peterson's wisdom for that. Don't eat until you're full. So it shrinks, right? So it shrinks. This is the way it is, people. When your mind is stretched to believe that God can do miraculous things, God starts doing miraculous things more and more. Uh-huh. Yes, 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 yes. When you join God in what he's doing and believing in miracles, your mind is stretched and you see more miracles. You change your cars and now you're, you're driving a black car instead of a white one. It's a black fusion instead of a white fusion. And now you notice, man, there's a lot of black fusions on the road. I used to think they were all white fusions. No, you've stretched your mind to see things that you didn't see before. You know what I'm seeing today? People coming here to the cross this morning and saying, done with that, moving on. God is going to perform a miracle. It's a long obedience in the same direction, and I believe in God for it. Now, you know how I see that? Jerry got saved weeks back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's... And I told my wife, and he comes to men's Bible, so he comes to church, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, right? And then I see David Santellan sitting back there, and I think David Santellan's wife prayed for him. I love David Santellan. He is a born-again man of God now. He got saved. Yes. 
And then I see the Englands back there, and, and Amy came to church, and she got saved, and her husband said, I'm not quite there yet. And then he accepted Christ. Hallelujah. My mind. You know what? What? Oh, yeah. Travis Martin didn't want to come to this church, and he not only came to this church, they're having a baby now, and they're blessed, and I love them, and I'm glad they're here. Yeah. When you begin to stretch your mind toward miracles, you see them all around you. And you start believing them for someone else. I could tell you're concerned, Dora. God's going to heal you. She's already doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's been said when it comes to miracles, you can't experience what you don't expect. It's really interesting to look to the miracles that were performed by Jesus in the Gospels. The first miracle Jesus performs is turning water into wine. It's already late. I can got to fly through this. And I, I think to myself, why would, why would he choose that as his first miracle, turning the water into wine? Because it's not about wine. It's about water. Because Jesus wanted us to realize some 2,000 years later that people can't live without water. Yes. It wasn't about the wine, it was about the water. Because every 21 seconds around the world, a child dies from drinking contaminated drinking water. And Jesus knew this, you can't make it without clean water. And the woman came to the well one day when no one else was there except for Jesus, because that's how it works. Now I'm going to get into my sing-song preaching, because that's how it works. You go to the well thinking I'm going to be all by myself, and God, I feel lonely, and nobody's with me, and they don't know what I'm experiencing, and Jesus is there. Oh my gosh, I never expected to see him there. I was expected to go by myself because, you know, I'm a loner and nobody really cares about me. I care about you. Somebody does care about you. Somebody cares about me. I've been lied to a lot of my life and thinking, you're all alone. I woke up at 2.30 in the morning this morning and I started praying for people in our church, believing that God wanted to work miracles. And my wife was wrestling, restless in the bed. And I said, you can't sleep either, can she? And I said, no. And I said, I'm, I'm praying. I am praying. I'm believing. I'm believing. I'm believing for you. The woman came to the well, and Jesus said, I want to give you water that will make you never thirst again. It will change you. I want you to have the kind of water that heals you. See, Jesus' mom came to him and said, they don't have any more wine. She, above all others, was the one that actually believed in who he was. Jesus, Messiah, Name above all names. She knew that Jesus' name alone could set the captives free. Just touching the hem of his garment would set people free. There was something in the water. Whenever you look at the water in the Word of God, I mean seriously, when you look at the water in the Word of God, you know that there's power in the water when Jesus is around. You're drinking the wrong water. You drink, you continue to drink at the wrong well, alcohol, substances, sex, anger, bitterness, work, all these things that you'll, you'll use the excuse, these aren't affecting me, but you've drifted. You've drifted away from where God is working and your attitude has changed and somehow you think that by going back to that well, you're still okay, it's not contaminated, but your attitude tells the truth. His mom came and says, they don't have any more wine. And he said, he actually said this to her, woman, why do you trouble me with this? Woman, 
I think, oh my, that shows disrespect. Woman, why do you actually trouble me this? Why are you getting me involved? My hour has not yet come. And I believe this. I believe Jesus had the deepest respect for his mother, and his mother was saying, let's get on with this. Let's get on with this healing thing. <clears throat> I'm looking around the room. God keeps saying to me, that man needs healing from alcohol. That woman needs to put that alcohol away once and for all. Their children will turn away from God if they don't change. That marriage needs the rejuvenating power of God. Woman, why do you involve me in this? Because she knew that there was something in the water. I believe that people grew up knowing what was right. People grew up knowing that there was something in the water. They heard it. They knew that God wanted them to have a personal relationship with his son. But they got away. Started drinking other water. Started drinking something else. And they got far away so that even this sort of experience with God today is a foreign thing. You see, it is no hope. You can't change. That's what you think. You think that your husband will never change, your wife will never change, that things can't change. And God says, you don't understand. I am the water changer. I am the, come on, are you dead today? I am the one that brings life. I am the one, I am the life. Don't lose hope. When, listen, every time you become negative about it, you say, I don't have the faith that God is in this. If you're asking for a miracle, you have to expect that there's going to be something happening in your life. You've got to be ready for that. You have to be open to it. See, otherwise we, we just get so caught up on the everyday things that we... We don't often appreciate something that we consistently experience every single day. Are you blessed today? Yes. His mother said they have no more wine. He went and took care of it. I'm going to skip over to my second miracle this morning. Batterson says in the book, if you seek miracles, you probably won't find them. If you seek God, miracles will find you. Yeah. Oh, come on. God, if you seek miracles, you probably won't find them. But if you seek God, the miracles are going to come running to your house. Miracle number two. After two days, he left for Galilee. And Jesus himself pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived at Galilee, the Galileans welcomed. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had also been there. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned water into wine, and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his words and departed. While he was still on the way, the servants met him with the news that the boy was living. Guess what they figured out? The rest of the text says this. They figured out that the exact time Jesus told him that his son was okay is when that young man was healed. At the moment Jesus tells you something is when it actually happens. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea. I wrote this uh, 
Batterson says this, the true test of our faith is not our actions, it's our reactions. The true test of my faith is not my actions because oftentimes my actions just continue on like they are, but it's my reaction to what I have heard. Do I believe that God is powerful enough to know the sovereign plan for my life? Yes or no? Do I believe that God knows more about me than I know about me? Yes or no? And I will trust him. It's relatively easy to act like Jesus. It's much harder to react like him. So many of us in this room have not forgiven someone. God says, as soon as you forgive them, I'm going to release you and perform a miracle. And the miracle will actually take place in you. You'll be free from something that bothers you on a regular basis or someone. I love what my wife said in the car the other day. If I have to fast the rest of my life, I will fast until Danielle is healed. And guess what? She will. And the day, and the day my daughter is healed, we are going to have a party. We're paying for all the pizza. An entire church party to celebrate the power of God to heal. Oh, yeah. I love what Joseph said after his brothers had sold him into slavery and everything else that they did. And, he, and if, when he finally met them 17 years later, he said, you intended this for evil, but God meant it for good. If you are foolish enough to think that Satan doesn't mess with you and play with you to see what you're going to do in response, you're crazy. He's messing with your mind right now. Oh, my husband will never change. My wife will never change. Our marriage will never change. My kids are just, oh, we, I don't know what to do with my kids. My mother, she's just a pain in the, my mother-in-law is a pain in the, my husband is a pain in the. Can God change them? Yes. Oh, have we seen that in this three and a half years of our church history? We, you should be at every service. I need you clapping. It wakes all the sleepers. He's over there going bonkers during the worship part of it, too. It's like there's an early rapture that's going to take place over there. It's, he's either Superman or he really is getting into this. Yeah. See, the catalyst for this miracle is a divine appointment between unlikely candidates. And that's what Batterson calls syncretism. Synchronicities synchronicities when all the things come together to make a miracle happen not when all these religions come together it's when all these miracles come together and you know that it had to be God if you've experienced one of those things in the last year stand up anybody synchronicity when miracles took place it had to be God Woo! come on I don't know you guys, but, but you should go here. Because they've already been agreeing with me, so I'm thinking, we need them. <laughs> you can have a seat. Isn't it amazing to see God bring things together? Come on. Asia boys getting married. Her name is Brianna, and she's a very sweet girl. He probably thought he was never going to get married. You never know, do you? God is amazing, is he not? He's amazing in how he works things. There's a third miracle, and i got to stop here shortly. But it's a man who has been sitting by the pool for 38 years, and he's really thinking, I'm never going to get healed. And I actually believe this. I believe 
that he almost liked it. There are people in the room who have lived in this condition so long that they become dependent upon that. And I wrote these things down. Some have learned to survive as a beggar. Some have just learned to endure. And some have come to think that a limited life is less frightening than changes. I want to change, don't you? No limited life when the power of God is upon you. You don't need to live like that. Give up that alcohol. Give up that garbage. Give up that addictive behavior that's not making you happy anyway and trust God. It's true that weakness is not just counterintuitive, it's countercultural. We want to be made whole without being broken. We need to understand this. It's never too late to be who you might have been. Some people are saying, man, it's too late in my life. I can't change. I have these patterns, these habits right now, and God's saying it's never too late to be who you might have been. Woo, come on, God. Woo, how about a big shout to God? Oh, man, God can do anything. When I look at the group that was dancing up here, I think, my son-in-law, Nick, is a transformed man of God and a great preacher. I'm so excited. He was an alcoholic, and God took him away from that and said, I got different plans for you. I got plans. I'm going to make you into who you might have been and were intended to be. It's never late to become who you might have been. God is in the change business, isn't he? You, you need to understand that today. God can do anything. God can do anything, anything, anything. Can he? God can do anything but fail. I'm not going to like looking at this video. I don't care. Let it rip. I believe this. I believe in a supernatural God who can do anything. And I love what the scripture says. When you survey the scriptures, you'll soon realize this. It seems the most miracles happen to the people who make the fewest assumptions. Ha! Don't assume anything. You got cancer. Do not assume it's over. Assume you're healed. Assume that you are going to make the best out of this that you possibly can. And God's going to be glorified. Yes. You are not just assuming anything. Make as few assumptions as possible. Oh my gosh, God, you want to do awesome things. And he said to the man when Jesus passed him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? I'm going to ask you right now because something's going to happen in a moment here. You have a physical need that has you nervous, has you concerned, but you want to get well. You want to get well. Raise your hand. Physical need that concerns you, but you want to get well. i got to look around a minute. Physical need that concerns you, but you want to get well. Wait a second. Hold them up. God, I'm not God. God, you are God. Sweep through this body and bring healing. Yes, yes, don't put them down yet. Reach out like this to God. Like, I, I got the faith to believe, God, that you want to do something supernatural. God is in the business of changing us. Yes, God, you see every hand that's up right now. I can, I can honestly feel God saying, I am sending hope to you right now. I am sending healing to you right now because these people are believing it. You can put them down. You have an opportunity to express it in just a moment. I want to read this one more time before we stop. You have to want it more 
than the pain that will be inflicted upon you in the process of trying to get to it. That's profound. You have to want it more than the pain that is, is inflicted on you trying to get there. You, you want somebody, you want to forgive somebody, it's going to be painful because they have done you wrong and you're going to have to deal with that and say, God, I am letting this go. I'm going to be free. Right? I want to forgive. And some people are in the room, I'm looking around, and, and God has disappointed you by something that has transpired. And God is saying to you, you need to love me because I love you. I have not intended to hurt you. Use this for glorifying me. I guarantee you there's a life beyond this life, and it happens instantaneously. Don't let the devil tell you there, there isn't. You're going to be raised from the grave. From the grave, you will be raised. We studied it in a men's Bible study. To a new body. A transformed body. And by the way, for those of you who have lost a loved one who you're still grieving, you will see them. You will see them again if they are a believer. And you will embrace them. And God has no timetable. He, he has already got to set up. You're already meeting because you miss him so much. The older we get, the more I realize. And I look at Josiah every day and I say, oh, God, please let me live long enough to see him grow up because I love them so much. People, listen to me. This, this applies to me. We need to forgive others. We not only need to forgive them, we need to make things right with them. You need to stop bickering at them and loving them. I don't respond well to people bickering at me. I respond far better if people just love me, love me, have a desire to reconcile. I think God is going to pour something out today that begins today in this place right now, right now. Yes, he wants to pull you back from something. He wants to take you back from something that has stolen your heart. It's been swept away by something. Fear, anger, bitterness, work, money, greed, selfishness. You can't get over something and God says, give it up today. Give it up. You should have gotten a card when you came into the room. You should have gotten a card. You're going to do a skit, and you're going to think about what to put on this card. I already wrote mine. If you don't have a pen, borrow one from somebody. In a moment, you'll have an opportunity to come up and get a pen and pin it on a cross that we're moving right over here. In a moment. You are sick of this, and you're going to trust God with this. My miracle. This is what I'm asking God for. You are putting your name on there, and I am going to make a list it is going to be on my desk and the other pastor's desk, and I will pass it to anyone in this church who would like to take this list home and pray over these things. We are going to check off miracles in the future. Promise you. I need this miracle. If you didn't get one, raise your hand. Dave's coming down the aisle. He'll give you a card. This is the miracle I need, God. I need this miracle. This is what I have placed on my card, so you know what I'm talking about, that I, I have these two things that are a priority in my life, that I would have my daughter healed, physically healed. Is it possible? My second is this that I will have reconciliation, complete reconciliation with my other church. The way we can love each other. Because then God's going to work in power. 
He can rip this city upside down for the kingdom of God if we will surrender to him. I am going to believe these things. Do not put on that card what you are not going to have faith for. I will pray. I will take the sheet when we have it finished and pray over those needs. We are going to this summer go into this entire community door to door with a clipboard and ask and put their address down and ask them, what can Rock Church pray for you? We want to move our community to realizing God is in the miracle working business, isn't he? Yes, he is. Uh, one of the ladies uh, from Genesis Woods, she's in here today because I saw her. She came by the other day and, and walked through the facility, and, and we had some, uh, some of the people from Genesis Woods come to our church while we were at the theater. And she said, I want to go to a church where people are being saved. On Easter Sunday, in all my 41 years of being a pastor, only one other occasion did I ever see a person get saved. Because on Easter Sunday, the devil's working to keep people from believing. Last Sunday... Many people came to get saved. I went to my office afterwards, and there was a man standing outside the office, and he was Asian, and he looked kind of tough and rough. And he, I asked who he was, and he said, my wife's in there, and I could see my wife was in there with her. They, that lady came because of our Easter egg hunt, I believe, on Saturday. She came to church Sunday and accepted Christ. And she said... Pray for me because I need to get over my alcoholism. Oh, God, you want to deliver people. Where Jesus is meeting, people are being healed. Supernatural things are happening. At Rock Urban, we hope that through our podcast, you will experience the grace and love of Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, please check out our website at therockmi.org.